Hey guys, John here. Uh, go on ahead, do us a big favor before we actually start. Go over down to the iTunes uh, section of the podcast and select Movie Love Tonight and rate us over there. Rate us also on Good Pods. Rate us also, of course, on Spotify as well. Anyways, I have Tamika here from Two Blur Girls Podcast. I also have Charlie back in the house with me again, ready to rock out with some a Batman the Dark Knight. So let's go on ahead. Let's do this. I'm excited. Let's go on ahead and talk us some Dark Knight further ado let's do it and hello movie lovers and welcome to the show and of course, like I said, I have Tamika with me from Two Blue Reels Podcast and Charlie with me as well. And tonight we're actually going to be diving into The Dark Knight. This is the second movie out of the Christopher Nolan trilogy. This movie had a budget of $185 million. It made a hundred, well, over a billion dollars at the box office. So that's a pretty good chunk of change. That just goes to show you how powerful this movie was. It was a movement in 2008. And it was also my top anticipated films of 2008. I also remember the controversy surrounding Keith Ledger being the Joker. And also, too, at that time, I was not... Here's the thing. Whenever I found out about the controversy with Heath Ledger, I was not as dialed in to the movie news and stuff like that that I am today. I was pretty much just an average film fan watching a Dark Knight film. But also, too, what made me sold on Heath Ledger and the look of the Joker was seeing that big, huge poster with him holding the Tommy gun and him in that suit and with the makeup on. I'm like, yes, this is the Joker that I want to see from Heat Ledger. I was sold on the look. I was not so much worried about how he was going to reform or anything like that, but I was just excited at the fact of going ahead and see what Christopher Nolan has for us for the second film. But whenever the second film does did come out, I saw this movie twice in theaters, too. I saw this movie, I think I want to say maybe more than twice. I don't remember, but I do remember twice going to see this movie. But anyways, uh, I'm going to let you guys go on ahead open up the floor. This movie is huge. This was 2008. And then again, 2008 was a big year for superhero movies because we got the first, like, start off the kicked off in May. We got the start of the MCU in Iron Man. And there was a lot of controversy with that Downey Jr. So that movie did that well. I mean, and then... And then Dark Knight came out. And the Dark Knight is like, like to quote uh, Ben Stiller's nephew from the little skit they did for Tropic Thunder when they're trying to like do their press tour for Tropic Thunder. He's like, like Robert Downey Jr. is talking to the kids like, oh, it's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, my nephew saw um, Iron Man like five times, thought it was a second comedy. So he's like, he's like, hey, man, I saw you five times. He goes, yeah, it, like, yeah, I saw you liked Iron Man. He's like, yeah, I'll do. Until Dark Knight comes out, then you're screwed. And he goes, Christian Bale will kick your ass. So he's saying this to Robert Downey Jr. So anyway, yeah, this movie's huge. This was, this movie came, like, made $218 million opening weekend. This was before everything else started surpassing it. This was the highest grossing movie for a while opening weekend nobody got close to making 218 million dollars and then this movie was just so popular yet it also changed the game where now dc started to go dark this movie is dark and i think it had to go dark is this a lot darker than batman begins 
So much so when you have the actors telling them, do not bring your kids to this movie. And the reason is Two-Face. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. Like, I think that was the big question I, when I went to see this in 2008. Like, what is what does he look like? How they did that, OMG. How they did that at that time in 2008. Again, like you said, John, Twitter wasn't a thing that I know of. I don't think <laughs> social media wasn't a thing. So, they're, yeah, they're like, they're, 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 all you just hear is snippets here and there and when they're talking about the news. But you don't hear about, con- there's not as much controversy as there is now, like as much Ben Affleck was getting more controversy for being right. cast as Batman compared to even Michael Keaton for that matter, too, back in the 80s. Was yeah, getting controversy. Yeah, well. but we didn't have social media to expedite that. I mean, and like this movie changed the game. This is the movie that made everybody want to try to replicate it in some capacity. Nolan did such a good job with this movie, it was intense, it was brutal. You you are not you're, you're this is one of the one movies like where you're not leaving your seat at all. And if you try to fall asleep, allow like jump scare. I will admit when they when you see like just that one random moment of the uh, one of the Batman replicas, him go swinging right into the hair, and then you hear the loud screech from Hans Zimmer like Durr! like whoa. Yeah, I remember that scene. So jump, and I was like whoa, like just like the loud screech, it gets you. Like you're not falling asleep in this movie. Um, again, everybody was like, again, we met, oh, we were talking about it a little bit yesterday and the one I wanted to give a, I thought it was really cool is when Bruce Wayne did, uh, push-ups and Batman Begins, when he just, he just fell down, he started doing push-ups. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. But this one, everybody was top-notch besides Rachel. And, <laughs> and, and, that, and that's the, that's the, that was the, uh, the problem. She was so self-centered. She, all she cared about was herself when her, like when she, and she kept, putting Bruce Wayne on the hook. He literally was on the hook for the whole time. And now I'm going to marry Harvey Dent. Like, and like, I, he may not know you as much as I do, but it's just like, I'm like, so I was like, glad she wasn't in this as long, but the twist in it, like the sequence where them trying to go find Harvey Dent or save Rachel. I, I was like, I was at the edge of my seat on that whole sequence, like seeing, is he going to save Rachel? And then we find out he's at Harvey Dent's and you just hear him scream and then this the loud kaboom. Mm. I was like, my eyes were like, no, they they did not just do that. They went Game of they went Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones was a thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this movie's so good. But um go ahead, Tamika. <laughs> no, I'm I was just agreeing with majority of what you said. Um, I don't know why Rachel was Flatline. She flatlined worse than um, Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Yeah. I'll, the only um, <laughs> the only like way that her performance was elevated was when she was being thrown out the window. And Let her go. <laughs> to save her. And I heard, ah! And I was like, whoa. That's great. Do more of those performances. But yeah, yeah I I was thinking about because I've seen Dark Knight countless times. I regret I didn't see it in theaters because I didn't really pay. I wasn't paying too much attention to these Nolan films until I saw Dark Knight. But that was it was on TV by then, I think. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good. And then I saw uh, Dark Knight Rises in theaters. So I I regret that I did not see this in theaters because I know it would have made a a huge impact. But um, 
Yeah, I was thinking about the Joker in this film because there was so much hype for me about Jack Nicholson, right? And that was my Joker. Um, and then I saw Heath Ledger and I was like, oh God, yeah, I was like a psychopath. But, you know, as I watch it more or seen it more times, I'm like, oh, okay, this is the proper way that the Joker is supposed to look. He's supposed to look like a psychopath. And then every time he talked to someone, his story changes for where he got his scars. And then every time he brought it up, like, you want to know how I got these scars? I was like, oh, God. But the last story he told Rachel, that was that was moving. It was a lie, but it was a moving lie. Because he's like, my wife, you know, she got cut up or whatever. And then I, like, just made scars on my face to make her feel better. And now she can't even look at me. I don't know why. I was like, oh, it's like an Oscar performance. Dang. And now I smile all the time. Yeah, I was like, dang, that's a good lie. I would have believed that. <laughs> I mean... But- yeah, but you know, I like the fact that they change up his story because there's different adorations of the Joker. There's no true origin story of the Joker, so he's gonna lie his ass off, yeah, telling different stories to have that mythology about him, which is something that I really liked. I remember at work, my friends and I, the lab tech, my the X-ray tech, and myself, we were crowded around a computer at work. Because they said at a certain time that we were going to get a little sneak peek at the Joker's laugh. Or the way that the Joker's going to be received. So we're crowded around the computer. We find the look of the Joker. We wind up hearing his laugh. And I love the laugh that he gives to the Joker. And then I'm thinking to myself, is this... And I was like, I wonder if we're going to get him dumped inside the chemicals like we did Mm in 89. But I mean, that's where my mind went. I, my, my mind didn't go into the realism aspect of it like I did with the first one. I'm like, okay, that was the first one. They're just doing the realistic thing, and they're going to go into the comic books later on. That's what I was thinking. But then once you get into the second film, you realize, okay, so they're going all out, balls to the wall with realism. So I'm like, okay, this is the universe that you're giving me. Okay, I'll erase the chemicals part and everything and somebody that could actually do this. But I liked... I liked how he does it. It's a little subtle moments of how he does things. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, too. The humor worked in it, and especially when we get first introduced to him at the jail. And, yeah. yeah. The jail cell... the jail, uh, Well, not the jail, but the bank. When we first get introduced yes. into the bank setting oh, yeah. with the mob. Mm-hmm. It was like a mob bank. He goes, do you know who we're... Uh, do you have any idea who you're robbing? And he, and he goes... Or something like that, he winds up saying. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up un- unveiling who he is. And because he keeps on making all the other uh, people kill themselves. And finally we get to the reveal of the actual Joker. Which is his henchman keeps on killing their own selves. And telling the story of the Joker and who he is. I like the mythology around that part though too. And the mm-hmm. introduction. And then on him blending in with the school buses at the perfect time. When the school's about to be let out. That everything about this was precise with the Joker. Joker is actually smart. He's ten times step he's ten steps uh ahead of Batman and everything too. Especially the twist that Charlie said. Um but yeah, I thought he did a very, very good job, especially whenever he says, I'm gonna now I'm gonna do a magic trick. 
Ta-da! And I'm like, I've just started busting out laughing in the movie theater. I was actually... I did remember that. I I, was, yeah, I was kind of shocked. I was like, "Oh my god!" I was, I was like, it was like a shocking laugh, and I was like, "Oh my god, he just did that!" And like, I think that's that was that moment I was sold on the Joker. Um, I, this is my Joker. This is for me, Heath Ledger for me. I just loved the way he looked because I think the thing with Jack Nicholson that 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 the, the face of his like smile mm-hmm. that was really like I mean it was creepy and yeah it worked for a while, but as the movie progressed, when he still had it, it kind of like. Yeah, it's kind of annoying, but I love the way that the smile shows up on Joker. So he's not smiling all the time, like, or his normal mouth isn't as de- deformed as it was. And like for the Nicholson one, and then, but I just love Heath Ledger's performance. Like he went all out on this one. And, and the cool thing is that prologue, the opening sequence, if you bought the Blu-ray for Batman Begins, you got to see the prologue, which is like some, or in some, mm-hmm. like, like that's what no one's been able to do. Like, like for one of the movies I saw, I got to see the prologue for Tenet. Like he does that for mm-hmm. some of his IMAX movies. Mm-hmm. So being able to see the prologue, not from the theaters, but be able to see that at home, is like okay, it, it gets you a taste of what what you're about to what what ride you're you're about to go on. And but no, Heath was just fantastic. I love the pencil trick. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, we're here for some new talent. Mm-hmm. So um, so we need to do some tryouts. <laughs> but you only take one of you. Make it yeah. fast, and he just yeah. walks in. He just leaves the pool stick where the three guys are being up, and it's it, like the the three different stories. All of them are believable. Like every single mm-hmm. one of them, like this is the way he does it. Like I think I love the um, like or just like the whole why so serious when he's like when he does it to Michael J. White's face. Mm-hmm. The thing is, it's so scary you mm-hmm. don't see it. So it's like you you like so like that. That's what Nolan like really like. He's really at, at top notch in this one. Is like. There's not a lot of stuff you see of him killing people. Like there's not, and you, you just hear the loud screech or the loud musical score screech. Mm-hmm. You so your imaginary starts running at that. Like, but I mean, some of the ones are pretty obvious. Like the Asian guy, he burnt. He's sitting <laughs> on top of the money in the warehouse. Joker just lit him up. You don't <laughs> see him burning, but he's up there. You see the brief glimpse of up there, like him smacking him while he's on top of the money and then sliding down the money, and he's burning it. You don't see him scream. You don't hear that. You you you, you just know he's dead. He he's 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 like he's on the fire, like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. He's on fire right there, oh, oh, but you don't see it. So there's a lot, of, like so that's the whole idea, and that's I think this is a lot of the the imagery of Nolan. Like he doesn't want you to see it. He wants you to start thinking because his movies are like a lot of the stuff that he does is thought provoking. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think? So he kind of wants to leave it up to the audience. Mm-hmm. And that's why mm-hmm. I love Nolan movies because yeah, I don't like ambiguous endings, but if you do it in a way that doesn't seem ambiguous or it gets you thinking where there's a lot of like Easter eggs here, there, or something you have to keep like, so multiple viewings and mm-hmm. like this one, watch this multiple times. It's, it still gets, it still is good, but the camera work, the part I love the most is when Joker's falling. He's definitely upside down. They flip the camera where he's looking like he's 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 like you're he's not upside down. He's mm-hmm. straight up, and yet he's like, and you see the jacket fall backwards. How they shot that was like mind blowing because like, and how they were able to 
maneuver the camera where you can see the Joker's giving him, having him in a face-to-face conversation, yet the Joker's really upside down. But when he's talking, the camera's facing them like he's straight up. Well, again, like how they, again, how they filmed a lot of stuff in this movie, mind-blowing for 2008. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I found it interesting, too. And I, I guess I didn't really think about it. You know, in the opening scenes, well, not opening scenes, but there were multiple Batman, like Batman citizens. And I don't know why, logically, I didn't think, oh, people probably did that. People probably dressed up like him and, you know, were inspired. Because when you look, um, that's your first introduction to Batman and he's having a machine gun and you're like, wait a minute. That's not Batman, is it? And then Scarecrow tells you, that's not Batman. And you go, oh, okay, what's going on? And then another one comes up. You're like, whoa, what is this? And he's like, that's not Batman. And then, like you said, Charlie's Tumblr. I'm calling it Charlie's Tumblr. <laughs> Charlie's Tumblr's come out. He's like, there he goes. I'm like, oh, okay, what's going on here? You know, and then they're all asking, like, oh, we're here to help you out. He's like, oh, need any help, you know. He does stuff no, like hockey pads. No, like like hockey pads. Like because it like like Batman's actually looks like actual abs. It was an actual suit. His this was hot like, pads. I mean, like Batman doesn't use guns. <laughs> no. That's Catwoman. She uses guns. I, I do but... like also, sorry, John. I, I like oh. also, um, like you were saying, John, in the beginning sequence, we're not really introduced to the Joker. He kind of is unveiled, and it reminds me of Undercover Boss. And I think, <laughs> I think <laughs> gangsters should do that. They should go undercover and then hear what people are saying. Who's this Joker guy? I don't know. He told me to kill you. What? And then you kill the guy, and then they're like basically offing each other. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, oh, do you know who this Joker guy is? And it's the Joker in just a mask. And he's like, it's like, hmm, he's crazy. I heard he's this. I heard he's that. It's like all this speculation around he's who in the he is. With them before you can see him. Yeah, before you can see who he is, there's this speculation. And that's why yeah. to me, I don't know how many times I've seen this movie, but now I'm seeing the Joker as like um, a psychologist. Like he's studying <laughs> human behavior. Mm-hmm. Is he's a psych? He's he's crazy, but he's smart. He can he's study human behavior, and he knows the behavior of humans. That you give them a choice, they're going to take a choice. Or if something isn't if they don't know who a person is and they just hear about a myth or a legend about this person, they make all these speculations. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's really smart to do an undercover boss edition and just see who is a loyal foot soldier. I like that idea, though, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of a mob boss going undercover, seeing what his the guys are actually saying it's about him, genius. but also, too, and making the strongest one who's actually faithful to him be the one who winds up with him. Mm-hmm. That's that's you know what I'm saying the one that is actually going to be faithful to him, um, and loyal to him. Yeah. And I actually introduced Brandy to this a couple of months back, 
And she said, I can say that I never imagined Heath Ledger as the Joker until I saw it in action. Same here as well, because I saw him in 10 Things I Hate About You. I saw him in yeah. Night's Tale, stuff. stuff like that. And never thought that he would actually go this route of the killing joke kind of style of Joker. Um, but I do want to go on ahead and talk about some of the other stuff, though, too, aside from Joker, because I thought all the other stuff was just as good as Joker, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Um and also, too, before I actually move a little bit, I also want to talk about the fact that this is more of your anarchy Joker versus mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. other type of Joker. Mm-hmm. But, you know, another thing I liked was how Bruce is still trying to rebuild the mansion after it being burnt down. So it's not like all of a sudden the thing is, bur- is built right back up again. He's building it brick by brick, just like he said he was going to do in the very first movie. So I like the fact that they're taking their time with it and not revealing the mansion until the third film. And so that's something that I really liked. And then also, too, I also have to agree with Charlie, though. Once you're in this movie, it doesn't slow down at all. These movies are long, but they don't they they have great pacing. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, though, I liked how Michael Caine go, uh, is in this um, goes into the storage area and in the cargo bay. And all of a sudden, you see the secret passage, and it just go. Then all of a sudden, the elevator just drops the floor, and there's the Batmobile. There's the, uh, Charlie's Batmobile. There's also, of course, the bat suits and stuff like that too. And then, of course, you know, Bruce is all banged up and bruised up. Mm-hmm. He goes, "What happened to you, dogs?" And he winds up saying, "Dogs, big dogs, big dogs, big dogs." Like I said, the in the first one, the settlement of the humor works with this these films. They're not over the top; they're just enough to make you laugh. Mm-hmm. But also, too, the other thing I liked was how much of the stuff that they gave Morgan Freeman to do, mm-hmm. as well, because he was able to go into uh, Japan or China to go undercover and put the infrared. Uh, stuff in there to where he can actually get the layout of it of the uh, yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love the sonar stuff but mm-hmm. I'll let you guys go ahead and geek out a little bit more on that too um like I just love that it's in a storage like it is it's like it's like in like a warehouse crate mm-hmm. like, that's where the base is I just love that and you always see it's just nothing but white it's like <laughs> it's like a white everything's white which is funny because he's the Dark Knight, not the White Knight. So <laughs> I think, I, think and I, I guess it could be a metaphor because he's trying to give it over to Harvey Dent, who they call him the White Knight in a sense. Like, um, yeah, I mean, but I think like I just got to say the visuals. Like again, I I I had this in 4K. I had, like in the Dark Knight for like, and it's been a, like never watched it until last night. OMG, the visuals are absolutely like crystal clear like it's beautiful looking like it's definitely like a much improved over the blu-ray and i was like whoa and i'm currently watching the dark knight rises now just as good if not better in terms of visuals and it's like i'm like whoa but yeah the scene everything crystal clear and stuff is this really really well but and then the scene morgan freeman in that more expanded role and he like he's like i need a new suit what's it like and then he, and he shows in the suit and i'm like well well, that's the like. Um, well, we can't have everything because he want because he wants something more like to protect it against the uh, more mobility and protect protect against dogs. But yet that means he's more vulnerable to night stab wounds and mm-hmm. gunshots. Mm-hmm. But you can see, and then like the whole like the whole like uh, sequence when they're in uh, China. Well, I did like how they the whole uh, dinner date sequence with uh, 
Harvey Dent and Rachel, and pretty much they talk about going to this ballet, and Bruce buys the ballet just to get just to get there, <laughs> and then Rachel's looking like, mm-hmm. like well, she just knows exactly what's going on. It's like, well, Harvey, like it's saying, well, Rachel's told me everything about you. Like, well, I certainly hope not. <laughs> it just reminds me of the this the one I think group called it evil iguana did it on youtube they did like trailer reaction spoofs so they spoofed the dark knight rises like the dark knight trailer and the one sequence like where where he's like bruce this is harvey dent well rachel told me everything about you like well if that's the case i'm just gonna have to kill you both like the whole dark knight trailer so they're just added their own little 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 like riff on it yeah i, I don't know if they're if they still on youtube but they made some really funny trailer reactions this trailer reaction was hysterical it was like well that's the case i'm going to kill you both but yeah, and did. then that whole <laughs> sequence in like japan tokyo i'm sorry i forgot where they were mm-hmm. but that sequence where you see him on top of like this tallest building and you see him mm-hmm. moving his neck around like when he's putting that mask on mm-hmm. that scene was so cool to see like see, like it, it, it like it's like it's like when you're just watching it now, it feels like you're watching it for the first time because you know what's gonna happen. But to see him jump off and then fly or glide into that into that building to get Mister uh, Chen or whatever the heck it, the guy's mm-hmm. name is, like, mm-hmm. or they just gets burnt. <laughs> mm-hmm. The accountant, the the accountant. Yeah. Um, oh, to see that wow. whole sequence was awesome, but the sonar part. That was really cool tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sonar stuff to me represented the best part of Batman, to be honest with you. It kind of felt like Arkham, uh, playing the Arkham video games and also to reading the comics. Mm. That was like some of the best things that I liked about the visuals on that. And then also, too, seeing Wow, he goes on ahead because I'm very good with number and calculation. And I liked how Joker winds up pointing him out, though, too, because I know a squealer when I see one. Mm-hmm. And he's a squealer. Mm-hmm. And he's like, then all of a sudden you see Lau all pissed off, and he just shuts the TV off because meetings adjourned. <laughs> so he literally does this. Yes, like, and of course he winds up right. exactly. Like, yeah, like, you can't like you can check cell phones. Like it's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, Joker. Now that I'm looking at it for the umpteenth time, I see him as a psychologist. Because he can't point out, he's like, that guy's a squealer. I can tell. Yeah. And he's around people long enough, I believe, to just study their behaviors and to see how I can make this person tick. You know, like later on in the movie where he kind of made, he kind of gave Harvey a push, you know, into his anarchist world. And he knew the things to say to Harvey to make him tick. You know, and then also what was really cool to me, and I don't know why now I'm seeing this as a a study of human behavior. The Dark Knight now to me is like a study of human behavior when there are ferry boats and they had the prisoners versus just the citizens on the ferry boats. And it was so intense because you were like, who is going to off who, you know, Mm -hmm. and the Joker just kind of plants devices and he leaves it up to you to make the choice or, you know, are you going to create anarchy? Well, he creates anarchy, mm-hmm. but uh, he just plants it. And then it's up to the person to take it and go with it. But I it's thought that was really a genius scene mm-hmm. is to have 
um, prisoners versus citizens on a ferry boat. Who is going to push that button? It was really intense. And I, That's what I, I liked. didn't that outcome at all, that nobody pushed a button. Yeah. He called it the, the epic social experiment. Yeah. And, Psychology. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, that also explains how we got Harley to be on her dark side, though, too. That also explains how she yeah. was able to do Harley in the comics. For yeah. Example, get yeah. into her psyche. Yeah. He can get into people's psyche. I kind of wanted Harley to see what Harley looked like in Nolan's universe because I think that would have been really good. That it's a shame been. that Heath died because I wanted to see more of him. That's mm-hmm. why they didn't kill him. They left it open because when Batman saved them at the end, like mm-hmm. when like when he's like hung up, like he left them there because he's like, I don't want to kill you. This is too much fun. Mm-hmm. Like so, like that. But the whole social experiment thing was just like that but the other part too like how he doesn't trust anybody but himself hence mm-hmm. where he, he he loaded himself with bombs or mm-hmm. grenades and he's like he's like he's like just taunting them but well, i'm gonna do it i'm gonna pull it and i mean it's just like i mean and how nobody believed him and i'm like yep we gotta call the clown and and then that one brief moment you see him about the face paint and that was in the sequence oh, yeah. where the uh, when the sniper sequence where mm-hmm. they when the one gordon died but uh, when you see you see him briefly without the face, and you see the actual scars mm-hmm. on his face, like he's like that was the one time the whole movie you don't see him without without the. Uh, I like that face. though. Yeah, I like that fact that they gave us a look a glimpse of Joker without the makeup to make him blend into society, and to where everybody knows him as just a clown, but they don't know him outside that makeup, which makes him even more scarier. Than anything too. That's something that I really liked. Um, I also want to talk about Harvey Dent though too, because I thought that the actor that they chose to have him have him play Harvey Dent did a really good job of it. Yeah, he did a very good job of playing the DA. I definitely liked how he was getting on Bruce's level and everything too. Whenever Bruce got snarky with him, he got snarky back with Bruce. So you have a Harvey Dent that doesn't pay kindly to how Bruce treats him, but then there's some common level whenever Bruce sh- uh, winds up throwing that little party for him. He goes, you know what? I used to not believe in Harvey Dent. Believe in Harvey Dent on the on the TV. Mm-hmm. But that was until Rachel uh, made me meet you. Mm-hmm. That's whenever I knew I could believe in Harvey Dent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at first you're thinking this is just him doing a whole bunch of BS and everything, but you can tell that he's sacrificing his feelings and putting that aside for his friend and the person that he falls in love with. Because as he as this is actually being played out, he walks out. Of course, he looks like he's happy because of the fact he walks out with these bunch of women and everything off the helicopter, which makes it funny. But then you see this whole entire element change where he winds up going out on the balcony. He dumps the champagne. And he's you can tell just like those little moments that he's really sad about it. But he tells her, he goes, she goes, I can't, you may believe that crap that, uh, Harvey may believe that crap that you're telling him, but I don't. And he said, no, I'm being serious. There's going to be a time when Batman doesn't, where Gotham doesn't need Batman, and it's now. Mm-hmm. He's thinking that Rachel's going to be with him. But mm-hmm. she, it, on the other hand, though, too, he's also thinking, too, she's not going to be with me. Mm-hmm. He's playing, basically, it's complicated. 
in mm-hmm. a sense, where one part of his brain is like, you know what, I think I still have a chance with Rachel, so I'm going to sacrifice everything for her to be with her and also sacrifice my identity so that way it can protect Gotham, but also, too, it might land me a chance to be with her, though, at the same time. And then there's also the other side where it's like, I don't have a chance to be with Rachel anymore because of the fact that she's now with Harvey and I need to move on and also to do what's right for the person that I love versus being selfish and stuff. So that's something that I really liked about that. It made me think, sorry, Charlie. It made me think too, um, you know how Alfred, well, um, Harvey was asking Alfred, does Rachel have any crazy ex-boyfriends I should know about? And he's like, you have no idea. It made me think that they briefly date, like right after Batman Begins. Did they briefly date or anything? I don't think they did because mm-hmm. Rachel, they looked like they were until Rachel mm-hmm. says, then I found out your mask. Oh, okay, yeah. I think because like you, it, when they kissed, it looked like they were dating. And then she, re- and then she had to like go and play the whole but you're Batman. I can't do that. Like she had to play that card. So I don't think they ever dated. They were just friends. But in Alfred's eyes, though, they dated because he wants a uh, love interest for Bruce. So he could stop fighting. Hmm. Yeah. In the lenses of Alfred, he's, he sees them as a couple versus them not being a couple. That's just the way I view it. I, I I didn't see that. I just know she just like she was playing him. She kept him oh, the whole time. But uh, yeah, to go to the, the, the movie about psychology, mm-hmm. we also have the element of corruption. Yeah, and how deep the pockets go, and about how deep is your psyche in order to go corrupt? Mm-hmm. That's that's the whole story because there's a lot of corruption and a lot of who can you trust. And that's the whole idea, like the whole, like the whole things that messing up your mind because you can't trust anybody in this one, but Batman and Gordon, they're okay. really the only two. And like, and that, like that, and then like that, that whole sequence with lean up to the diner of the judge, she get in the card of the Joker card, and she's like, nothing. Com- uh, the Commissioner Loeb, the sequence where like, oh, he's the next target. Like you don't know what's gonna happen. He's like, oh yeah, take this note. You're gonna tell you where you're gonna go up. Uh, blows up like that scene mm-hmm. leading up to the dinner sequence where Bruce uh, and where Rachel's like Bruce what the hell are you doing and he's like they're coming for him and I'm like how does Bruce know that because we didn't not, they're not at any point did you yeah. know that they're gonna get him at that party and that and then and then when and they see Bruce and then Bruce going it's like he like hey pretty boy what's up like the guy's like you want like the, the one guy that he just punches and just he just manhandles the the shotgun hey pretty boy like where do you think you're going and Bruce just punches him like instant down <laughs> and then you see the, the two groups like hey Bruce you got a safe house in there and you see the two people you saw them do it and then and then Bruce goes in the secret location and then I'm like. How does he have these secret locations? And like, because I'm like, I mean, suddenly Batman. I'm like, does he have like various suits like everywhere, just in case? Kind of like, like probably, yeah. Probably, and then he just shows up and he goes, like, I'm gonna. Yeah. And then the whole sequence with Rachel, he goes, "You got fighting you. I like that. And then you're gonna mm-hmm. love me." And he's, and then, and then this Batman just randomly shows up in front of the public, starts beating up people. Like, mm-hmm. like it's just so random. But yet, that 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 that, that this movie's just like every moment. There's 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 action sequences, yep. and then that whole line, "Let her go." Ooh, poor choice of words. Like just the <laughs> thing, and him dropping her, like yeah, yeah. 
I definitely like the, uh, those action sequences and things like that too. I mean, you can't go wrong with the fight choreography either because the fight choreography to me for this one looked a whole lot fresher than it did in the begins because like I said, the suit looked kind of stiff. This one, like you said, he had more mobility with the cow this time, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I have to say that I really liked about that. And then, and of course, I also like the fact that we also see Scarecrow in this movie as well. Just briefly, yeah. Like, yeah. briefly. Yeah. But I like the fact that he's still out of, like, we, like outside of Arkham. <laughs> he's like, not for my diagnosis. That's my other favorite line that he actually does. Uh, but I do have a little bit of a word from our sponsor. That Uh-oh. we have to get to. Okay. As a matter of fact, you wouldn't be leaving scars on your face or telling different stories if you actually went on ahead and got yourself a Manscaped. A Manscaped 4.0. But, you know, it is what it is. Joker has scars. You don't want to have uh, scars on your balls, so you want to shave with the best with the lawnmower 4.0. You heard that, right? The 4.0 Manscaped, the leader in the grooming, have done it again. To make your grooming game next level, join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the world performance package 4.0, by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code MovieLoversUnite. And I promise you this, you won't be sitting in an emergency room in Gotham City explaining why you cut yourself with the wrong tools and asking Mm -hmm. how did you get these scars on your balls. But (laughs) the performance package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived, and oh man, is it worth it. Inside the package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker, Ear and Nose hair, hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver, Toner, Performance Boxer, Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. And you'll be and everybody's going to be wondering where you get that fancy utility belt. You can just tell them Manscaped got that for you. First off, the new Performance Package 4.0 includes the new Lawnmower 4.0. The trimmer is insane, and I dare I say grateful for ball trimming. Yeah, I said it. It's even perfect in Gotham. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge somatic blade for reduced grooming accidents. Thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology, the Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on and off switch that can engage to a travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000 LED spotlight on and off when needed, all the way down to the promised land. For a promise, precise shave. Oh, did I mention that this trimmer is waterproof too? So it's perfect for going spelunking in the cave as well. So you can shave all the way down to your promised land with the waterproof tool you thought that was good, but want to take your grooming even further to the next level, Charlie. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up to <laughs> top in your nose and ears. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor, power 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Also, too, I, I would also recommend getting you guys a Manscaped uh, shampoo body wash and also, too, the conditioner as well. I'll tell you what. I never want to go on ahead and get, get out of my fiance's shower at all because I just feel fresh and so clean everywhere. And I'm just having a good time just scrubbing down, smelling good, and smelling fresh and so clean, as Elcast would say. But seal the deal with Manscaped Liquid and Formulation, their crop preserver. A prop preserver, ball deodorant for before leaving the house, a crop reviver, ball toner, and mid-game ball check. Trust me when I say, fellas, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in a two free gifts to their performance package 4.0. The Manscaped boxers and the shed travel bag bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Feel like Bruce Wayne waking up and at his penthouse on the dark night and just like just imagining him standing out in Gotham with no bo- with his box on goes. I have some clean shade balls, thanks to Manscaped. Right. 
Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code MovieLoversUnite at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code MovieLoversUnite at Manscaped.com. Your balls have been through enough this year, past year and through Gotham. Treat them with the best tools for the job from Manscaped. And now we're back to our regular schedule. No, if they ended up in the hospital, they would. if it's Gotham generally, either be dead because it gets blown up or captured and turned into a decoy. <laughs> well, you still get your manscape. You still get fresh balls, so you're still good. <laughs> You'll be really dying in Vegas. Balls are, balls are. I don't know. Anyways, going back to the action sequences, I think the I two big set pieces are the Harvey Dent capture sequence, where they have the uh, the whole like oh like. The whole like that whole sequence was filmed in IMAX, and oh. that one was such a cool scene where you see the Joker trying to like take over or whatever or the decoy trap, and then you see Joker using all types of weapons. And like, where does he get all those toys? It's kind of like Batman. Like, so Batman, he's got pistols. It's not freaking. He's gonna need something bigger than that. It's a bazooka, and he's like he has that. And then and then you see, I think the part I love the most is how Batman was able to like jump the car. Like how he was like it's a freaking tank jumping over the other car to take the bolt uh, to, to take the, the bazooka bullet and then but I part I loved again I love the tumbler how it turned into the bat pod the motorcycle that was cool how it wasn't it wasn't just a randomness it actually transformed from the tumbler to the bat pod and that that motorcycle of his was just awesome it was uh, to be honest with you man like. I remember seeing that in theaters and just geeking out over it. And then it actually makes sense about how it transforms to the pod and everything too. And I like how those kids are just randomly in the tunnel, like acting like they're blast. Like, you know, we do this yeah. as kids and everything too. And then all of a sudden they see the bat Batman go it and goes full mm-hmm. speed in, in the pod. And then also too him blasting through the mall and everything too was good. Another thing I like, you're talking about realism here, right? What I liked about this was they didn't use any Hans Zimmer scoring in this scene at all. It was like there's no ba- it was just straight up action. It was giving you the scenes and the layouts that you need. It makes it feel also real because of the fact you're not going to have background no- noise or whatever when you're going through glass and through mall or anything like that. So that's something that I really liked was the realism within it within that scene. To be honest, um, and then the cops leaving our experience yeah that's not good okay that's not good when they see the helicopter crash and then or the scene when the when the like this had the motorcycle going under it was like he missed us and then you see the truck flip like that was no cgi that looked real and then i mean again it just adds more to the the quality of the experience we get with the dark knight you get a real you know like you're getting real and you're also getting well shot like sequences and that sequence was just was just phenomenal to see. Yeah, I, going back to um, just the Joker's entrance, you know, into the party. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the Harvey Dent fundraiser party. Um, I I think it was either you or John that told me nobody saw what Heath Ledger looked like until that. It's Charlie, scene. was it Charlie? No, yeah. I said it was during the uh, the May after Commissioner Loeb's death. About oh. how he was, what, he was with the snipers. About okay. how, like, and how, like, how did he infiltrated the snipers? And you see him, like, see him briefly. You see him run off because everybody has the same type of face as his. And then you see him take a, just take the shot. It was after 
that sequence where you see his face. No, I mean, like um, on set, did anybody, you know, the scene where he's just walking into the Harvey Dent's fundraiser party? I think there was, I think there was like an, whenever they first see him, I think that was actually the first response that they got. I think when Michael Keane saw him, if I'm not mistaken, when Michael Keane first sees him, he's horrified. That's actually his real reaction. Yeah, because he has... That's like his, you know, introduction to the public, I guess. And it's just silent and there's glass breaking and there's gasping. And he's just walking in just like, have you seen um, Harvey Dent? Have you seen him? Have you seen him? And he's like moving his mouth. And then the old guy's like, we're not afraid of you. (laughs) (laughs) And then Rachel pops up. But um, yeah, I, I brought that scene up too because you you know, when Batman comes in, you also see some of the Joker's street fighting because he has a blade in his shoe and he's fighting dirty. And it just recalls like one of the mythos that he was a former gangster to me. That's just one of the mythos of who his who he was. But I, I see the street fighting style. Like, yeah, the Joker's the the Joker is um um, he's like, you know, chaotic and whatever, but he also can fight. You know, he can fight. He can he can go toe to toe with you if he can, if he wants to. So, right. yeah, that's something that I like though too. That now that you mentioned the fighting part, especially mm-hmm. when Joker gets out of the truck that he's in, he goes and he just starts getting pissed off because of the fact that Batman winded up knocking him over in the, in the truck and he gets out. Hit me, just hit me. Oh yeah, and and then I liked him with the Tommy gun and everything, and he just has that smiling, you know, that evil smile on his face, and then all of a sudden he winds up acting like, and of course, you know, he, Batman actually thinks that, you know, makes him think that Joker shoots him, mm-hmm. and I liked how he also puts like a little electric shock uh, shock thing around his neck to actually get Joker not to look at his true identity. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was actually pretty cool, and then when he's hopping over his body, that was that was funny. And also too, there's actually a Photoshop image of this that came out where he was actually on a skateboard hopping over him on a skateboard. I saw it. I remember I think that was Photoshop. I think that was actually him. Yeah, he really? was uh, skateboarding. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that was Photoshop. I think that was actually him mm-hmm. doing it. I don't think that was like, that was on the same set. So I think it yeah. was really him. Like okay. in between sets, like yeah. you know, downtime, he was skateboarding, <laughs> doing yeah. tricks. But I, if they put that in there, that would have been hilarious. But that, that also goes against awesome. the realism part. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I think, and then I think the one character I really hated was that the white guy Reese, the one that was like, shut oh, like yeah. the scene I loved the most. It was when he's talking to Lucius. He's telling him like, okay, oh, yeah. what have you built for them now? Like a rocket ship or whatever. So um, I want $10 million for the rest of my life. And Morgan Freeman is just keeping a straight face and takes the glasses off. So you believe my co my, my the owner of this place does at his day, at, at night, he beats people to a pulp. And, you're, and your solution is to blackmail this person? Mm-hmm. Look, like, and he just he just got up and ran like a little bitch that he is, mm-hmm. and then he went, "Oh, I'm going on TV." Mm-hmm. What do you think? I'm like, if like, well, I don't want this guy to ruin all my fun. 
So, if the next car, if the next, if the, if Mr. Reese isn't killed in 60 minutes, I will blow up a hospital. Mm-hmm. And yet, did you really think he's going to do it for Stratner or someone who's actually trying to kill Reese? And I was like, yep, but that the whole hospital sequence, him wearing the uh, the nurse's outfit, mm-hmm. that's like, that's him. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. And then the sequence where he tries to, Ooh, where he tries to blow up the hospital <laughs> when it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not supposed to be funny, but it kind of is. It's just like, yeah, like it's, it's improv. Not like, and right. it does, that, that didn't go <laughs> off, right? That was a delay in the explosions, right? Yeah, it was a delay in the explosions, and Heath was just over there just goofing off, like mm-hmm. how the Joker was, and they just kept on filming it. So mm-hmm. when he's doing like this, and also too, and he goes, and all of a sudden he starts walking off afterwards. He's like. <laughs> and then he gets scared. Once he sees the explosion, he's like, he jumps and like, okay, I gotta get out of here. But yeah, he goes in a bus full of children, right? Yeah, he gets in the bus where the other hospital members are. And then well, the other part I liked was the little bit uh, a humor by uh, Michael Caine was when when Bruce Wayne figures out who it is, who like like that, and he goes, um, "Would be the Bat Pod then? Middle of the day off for it? Not very subtle. Lamborghini then? Very subtle. And you see him drive the Lamborghini. How he was able to stop." Stop! Was like, well, I don't, who was in there? Like, I don't know. You know, do you watch a lot of like? What, should I go to the hospital? You don't watch a lot of news, do you, Mister Wayne? But, but it's just, <laughs> like, well, why? Who was in there? And he sees Reese and he stares at him. And Reese is like, okay, I, I need to back off. But uh, mm-hmm. but the the one scene I gotta go back to is that mm-hmm. after he the interrogation scene. As soon as you see Batman confronted Joker, smacks his face down mm-hmm. on the face. He's like, ooh, don't want to mess up the, like, don't want to smack your face and messes up the mind. Mm-hmm. So, again, the psychology aspect, but that mm-hmm. interrogation sequence, like, just that whole interrogation to the chase sequence, how it all was set up, how that just worked perfectly to the, I just want my phone call. Mm-hmm. Like, do, do you want to know which one of your friends were cowards? Like, it's just the way he gets into the guy's mm-hmm. mind to beat him up. And then, yeah, just, again, that whole, like, and then, but the chase sequence to save Harvey or Rachel, mm-hmm. that was the most intense portion of the whole movie for me. Yeah. That sequence. And jumping off what you were saying, too, Charlie, I think, too, the Joker got inside Batman's mind. Yeah, with Rachel. Yeah. Was like, oh, you're pursuing Rachel, too? Does Harvey know about this? And, and it just made him more <laughs> upset. Mm-hmm. Then he just got out of character and just start welding on the guy. He you takes know. the chair and puts up against the wall, the yeah, interrogation room in the door. Thief around like a rag doll. He goes, now, yeah. now it's a party. <laughs> Essentially, he was in excited for this, but he's going to get beat up. He's like, I don't want to kill you. You're just too much fun. Yeah. Just, just right. He explains the psychology well. He's like, there's no corruption in you, and you're just incorruptible. And that was his one rule that he said he was going to break. Yeah. And he's like, without you, there is no me. And that's the whole relationship with Joker and Batman in one sentence. Without you, there is no me. There's an order in there. Batman's love interest. So the two of them can be together. Hence the poster. Right. Right. (laughs) And Valentine's Day was yesterday. That was so sweet of him. (laughs) You're welcome. I'm glad that I made that. Let me let me throw this up here just in case anybody's wondering because we do have the poster actually covered up, but you know this is not a real poster. So if anyone's like, "Can I get that poster?" Yeah, no, this this isn't real. It's not a real story. 
Like, I just want to spend time with you, Batman. <laughs> I don't want you. <laughs> well, um, I do. And you make me want you more. Word of the quote Deadpool. The greatest love story always starts with a murder. <laughs> right. And he did. And then yeah. I mean, and then the and you see Harvey's like again, Harvey's face. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was horrifying. Mm-hmm. It is, to be honest. I think they got it dead on though. Like they were very realistic with it. And that can that that's legit. Like that one was I think they nailed it to they nailed the costumes, they nailed everything in this movie. And the Harvey. coin. Too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's something I wanted to dive into real quick, if you don't mind, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're good. Okay, so the coined aspect, because, you know, it shows the neatness of how he is as a DA. It shows how he is as a DA, DA attorney, defense attorney, and also, too, how clean he is. Once that mm-hmm. coin turns, he the coin winds up also turning with Harvey as well to show the corruptness of how he's going to be now, the change of his character everything and also too this is also where he makes the rules up if you, heads you live tails you die and joker also says so what rules are you playing with mm-hmm. and so that's whenever he does the coin but also too he goes you think i got a plan i'm like a dog mm-hmm. chasing cars mm-hmm. that's my favorite line out of that out of the movie though too mm-hmm. but you know i had a this movie's a blast to be honest but I also like how they cover up Two Face's face with the little uh, goss to actually not reveal it, and he, they know that we're wanting to see it revealed. So it's like going to see a concert and they have it sectioned off to where you don't see the main band mm-hmm. because they know that's what we're after. And basically, they have that curtain over it and seeing Two Face's face being covered and then not being revealed yet. That was just yeah. that was great a great tease to be honest. He also teases further with Gordon. Like, Gordon is the only one that can see it. So we're looking at Gordon's face like, ooh, it must be real bad. You know? And he's like, and then when when it pans back to him, he turns to his other side and you're like, I want to see it already. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the the one kill Harvey that he does that was, like, so good, like, you're not expected, is, like, when he's in the car with uh, Eric Roberts, he's the guy that played uh, the guy with, like, the the blonde guy or whatever, Eric, the actor, Roberts, he goes, you're safe. And he puts a seatbelt on, but your driver isn't. And he shoots the driver and the car crashes. Like that one, that was probably like the, the one kill I actually kind of liked. And that one was like, cause it was unexpected. Uh-huh. But I, I really wanted him to get Ramirez. Like I did not want her to live because, because of how corrupt she was. Yeah. It got me early. I'm like, so you 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 listen like your corruption got the better of you, mm-hmm. and well, I mean you should thank her because she got rid of Rachel, which is that was kind of that was she was in the way on the love story. Yeah, it was getting too much. Yeah, I was like, okay, no, like she she was like, yeah, she thought she was so smart and she did that. I'm like, I guess she 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 couldn't wait for her life to be over. Then I guess. Mm, yeah, she was ready to go. She was like, okay, listen, Harvey. Like she was just prepared. Like, okay, I know I'm gonna die. Okay, you know? and then she died mid sentence. She blew up mid sentence. Like, she, like I'm like, and, it, and it's like you knew it was coming, mm-hmm. but, but the, the, it's another one of those jump moments. It mm-hmm. makes you jump. Like, whoa! Like just mm-hmm. the mid sentence blow up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just again, and then, and then like, and then the the ending portion, like that whole like him trying to save everybody, and then the. uh 
I do want to mention that one tech that they do, like where he shoots the explosives and then it is randomly like random helicopter picks them up randomly, like Skyjet or whatever the heck it was called. That thing was cool. And then see him do it almost at the end where he just, he just took, he just kicked the officers down. He didn't kill them. He just beat up the SWAT like they're nothing. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. All the tech here, all the tech within these movies, they just get more advanced. Like the, the sonar tech with the cell phone and also when he kidnapped Lau and he mm-hmm. strapped him onto some type of harness. Is that what yep. you were talking about? Yeah, yeah. This, I think yeah, I forgot the, the thing. It was yeah, the sky that, yeah, and then I was like, what are we waiting for? And then I, I saw him pick him up. I was like, whoa, oh my gosh. You know, everything just is times 10 with the tech and you it makes you want that type of tech. Like, where can I get this stuff? You know, I don't have the money, but it'll be nice to have it. Is it military tech? What kind of tech is this? It's Wayne tech. Okay. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I guess. I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's Wayne tech. I mean, we don't know a lot of stuff. Lucius Fox has that, like, they, like it has that, like, background, like, where he knows all these connections and how, like, he's able to make, and then how Batman turned the sonar into, like, every, like, it was kind of creepy because you spy on every cell phone. Yeah. But he, it needed to be done. Mm-hmm. It was the only way. And yeah. like Lucia said, it was, is um, unethical. And it yeah. also now reminds me of um, Civil War. I don't mean to jump Marvel to DC, but it does I remind me. I did earlier me. Deadpool, so we're good. Okay. okay. <laughs> it does remind me of Civil War where they were targeting citizens I guess to kind of like a minority port type of thing to see who who mm-hmm. was infiltrated in Hydra or something like that. But it the technology they have and just how tech, not technology, but just how um, privacy could be infiltrated by the government. Like oh, I think I think it's a Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, Winter Soldier. That's right. Yeah, Winter the ships targeting never like all the people that are like going to be like a threat to Hydra. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like Winter Soldier. That's what the um, tech reminds me of too. With just spying on everyone's cell phones, like just you start to see this invasion of citizen privacy. You know, like the is it a Patriot Act? Not to get too political or anything, but it, it just kind of reminds, act. Yeah, it just kind of reminds me of all these messages that are coming through in the dark night. Like you talked about corruption. Yeah. And Harvey was telling Gordon, you have so much corruption around you. And Gordon's like, it's hard to find good men. What do you want me to say? And oh, yeah. he's just pointing out, like, you got this corruption, you got that. I can't trust your people, blah, blah, blah. So you, corruption is like just one of the top themes in the Dark Knight. Yeah. But to be honest with you, and then also too, once we get into like the very ending of it, like when Lucius winds up telling him, hey, look, I just want to let you know, after we do this, I'm done. I'm I'm like, oh my God, are we not going to see Morgan Freeman in a third film? Because that's where my mind went to. And then just sign your name. I'm like, okay, I will just, <laughs> you know. Well, that's not but, like that's, well, sorry, John, I was about to say that smile of his at the end, you kind of knew he was going to come back. <laughs> his technology is destroyed. 
that's like that's that smirk of that smirk of his, like that smile after he typed in his name for the sonar tech. You see that little smile and he walks away. Like, I mean, come on, there's gonna be a. Th- you knew there was gonna be like like at the time. I think that I knew there was gonna be a third movie. Well, what I guess the way it ended, it leads to a third in a sense because right. we want to know what happens and it literally the third one picks up like not right away but eight years later. Um, and you but just I thought. Knew- yeah, good. But no, I liked how they ended it with Harvey, the way that they did it. And, you know, then they have to go ahead and try and hunt Batman down and everything mm. so he can sacrifice his own self-being to protect Gotham. Mm. And, you know, at first I was confused by just like Gordon's son. And then, you know, as I'm watching this again, I'm like, okay, so it makes sense because of the fact he's sacrificing himself for the good of Gotham. It's not the hero that they need right now, but soon it will be the hero that they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thing. So I definitely like that. But overall, this film is fun. And also, too, I remember seeing this twice in theaters, like I said, the first time I was actually uh, with one of my friends and his date. I was actually a third wheel on that one. <laughs> second time, <laughs> second time, I saw this with uh, someone I was dating at the time. Mm-hmm. and And the funny thing is, uh, was this? I bought the ticket. Mm-hmm. Then we were gonna go see it. Then the bunch of fire trucks are outside. Oh Something happened with the fire alarms. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, "Well, guess what? You have you have tickets on us." Mm-hmm. Like, okay. So it was like two things that happened. Number one, I bought the tickets. I was gonna buy the tickets. Then after that, someone I knew that worked in the theater got me some free tickets. Mm-hmm. And the other incident that happened on that same night with the trucks, with the fire trucks everything there's like well something happened with the fire alarms and we are inspecting it but here's some free tickets and you guys come back in a little bit and we'll go in and show them so i got to see batman on the dark knight uh for free that was actually pretty cool but still i love this movie this movie is hands down one of my favorite christopher nolan films i actually have this ranked at number one and batman begins as number two right now but i have to go on ahead and watch the dark knight rises tomorrow and find out where I do my last, where I, where the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, but yeah, that's how I feel I mean, right now. That's where I, I have mine ranked. This is definitely the best one, one of the Nolan trilogy. Mm-hmm. I got Batman get, Begins 2. I have Dark Knight Rises 3, but it's it's close. I have it like off by like 0.5. Mm-hmm. I have it, I, I, I'm like, rank, I rated an 8.5. It's good. It's for me, it's good. It's entertaining. I mean, from like that, I love the Catwoman character. Like I was talking earlier, John, like the sequence where she does the cartwheel while she's in the prison. He's like, hey, pretty lady, you want to like, it's like saying, oh, is that a hands for me? She does the cartwheel and she breaks the guy's hand while she does the cartwheel. Like Anne Hathaway just had that snarky attitude. And that just that for me, that just really that that, that's why it worked for me. Just the way and and her fighting style. She can use guns, and then when Batman like tells her can't use guns, no killing. Where's the fun in that? And then she just starts beating up more people. Like it's just her. It's just her attitude and her charisma for the character just really sells me on it because it's not. She's a cat, she's a cat burglar, but then again, she kind of isn't. She because she's like, and you see more of her back history in a sense. For mm-hmm. me, anything like that. But this movie is just great. It just is like. I'm so glad I got to see it opening weekend. Like I said, I was part of history. $218 million opening weekend, which for me, that was really cool because that's the first time I've seen something make that much money in an opening weekend. 
for 2008. And then four years later, I worked at a theater and I saw Dark Knight Rises like many times mm-hmm. from working. And it was unfortunate when we had the, 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 uh, the Chicago situation with that movie. Yeah. That was, I think that was, that, that was, that was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, I think that's when rules start changing about mm-hmm. what you can and couldn't wear because people you knew people were going to wear costumes, but and that's that's where and then that's when the things changed. But I mean, then I, I think that's probably why that there was a lot of like there there's just a lot against that movie that like from like situational awareness of what happened with that that impacted the movie to it not because like, the hype of this one then going into the Dark Knight Rises that led into it too. Mm-hmm. For me, it worked. It was the it ended it it ended what it didn't continue on like it didn't make a fourth one for the with the same cast because it didn't need to. It finished mm-hmm. the story that no one wanted to do, and that's what I really appreciate. But this one is just great, visually yeah. stunning, awesome, awesome sequences. Like it's just a great movie. I was gonna ask you too because I meant to earlier on. You know when Harvey steps up and they're like well where's the batman he needs to reveal himself at the press conference and then he was like all right boys arrest batman and then wayne bruce is trying to step up a little bit but then harvey says i'm the batman like do you think that bruce should have just exerted himself more and was like no i'm the batman you know, would that have been just crazy? Too crazy? Like nobody would have believed him. I don't know. That, that that's an interesting like because I know like you see the scene. Then I think it's just maybe it's this Aaron Eckhart's character because I think he told the Batman like, "Don't do this." Like, mm-hmm. don't like he's like when they like when they come when he was confronting that one guy where he's playing Russian roulette with him. Like, oh yeah, oh. yeah. When he's playing with him, Batman's like, I, "I'm I'm done," and mm-hmm. I think he Bruce was about to, but mm-hmm. Harvey's just like the flamboyancy of him mm-hmm. like the pretty boy flamboyant he was being too flamboyant it, it prevented bruce from saying it and then rachel just like oh like going against like bruce. <laughs> he he did you know or he's gonna let harvey do that and then again i don't think anybody was gonna believe bruce i think or then everybody's gonna come out and yell i'm batman no i'm oh, yeah. batman. I sparta yeah some, it's gonna be like i think that could have that i mean that could have been because that could happen yeah. i don't know i mean i think Again, I think it was this Aaron Eckert's like his his arrogance and his ego. He 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 had an ego that is his face was cast in checks that he body his body couldn't cash because oh. he wanted like he wanted the publicity, he wanted the glitz and the glamour and the glory and everything. He wanted to be like the righteous one, mm-hmm. and for doing that, that's what that's literally what the Joker did. I turned everybody's white knight because he was the better one of every single all three of them. And he turned them into a, he turned that into the villain. Like he said it himself: "Either die or hero. You you live long enough, long enough to see yourself become the villain." Mm-hmm. And he lived long enough to become the villain. So he he literally foreshadowed himself. Yeah, and I and I meant to bring this up too. That's my last point, John. Um, with uh, you're good. Two face. Um, yeah. So the two face I was introduced to as. Charlie knows <laughs> was uh, Tommy Lee Jones Two Face, and you see his Two Face, and it's I don't know it. Looking back on it, it it didn't make sense that he lost that essence of like being a lawyer or, or a DA. You know, it's like a cartoon character. I'm Two Face. Look at me. You know, and it seems like with 
um Aaron or what's his name? Aaron Eckert. Eckert. He I he kind of kept that sense of a DA, like I'm seeking justice, even when he was corrupt. He's like, I'm seeking justice. And you believed him when he's like, I need to flip this coin and it decides the fate of justice for me. You know, and, and just the um the way it was realistic with his face, like two faced, you know, it wasn't like plastered on makeup. And I, I can't remember the behind the scenes of it, but I think, well, I know that was digitally enhanced, just his half of his face. But what made it realistic to me, it seems like they left, it seems like there were pieces of his face on the pillow. And I don't know if that was like a, a strategic part on the makeup. but I like was, that though. Yeah, it was like when he turned away from Gordon and then he turned back or whatever. And then you see pieces of his face or the, the makeup on the pillow. Like it's just those subtle things to me, like the little details that I'm like, oh, it makes it seem like it's very real. Like someone's face but actually got burned off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I like those like you said, I like the makeup and the cosmetics with that and the little flaky particles to make it mm -hmm. resemble the fact that someone burned. Yeah. I like that. The whole entire misconfiguration with the skin and everything was perfect. The eyeball part creeped me out and everything yeah. and I, I liked it. It was really good. And a matter of fact, I just oh, want to though see him drink. And you see part of the, the liquid go down the side. That was yeah. that was really like really creepy. And yet they, that means they nailed. It. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just wanted to oh, say no, no, that, no. Yeah. that part was like you see the liquid not even go down his throat. It goes down the sides and kind of spills on him a little bit. And he's like he just shakes it off like he's pissed. He's still holding that gun. Like, but mm -hmm. uh, but that then I mean that thing that face was just like terrifying and realistic and brutal. And this shows you. He went through hell. It's a vast difference from Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, yeah. Yes, a way different. This is the one that I wanted Tommy Lee Jones to actually have the performance yes. of. Yes. Yeah. Not him competing with Jim Carrey. But no. yes, it is what it is. Hmm. But what I want to say is this. If anybody is interested in this, um, in 2008, during the time that The Dark Knight came out, there's actually a comic book called The Joker. And it, it has the same kind of cosmetics that the Joker actually has. The drawing and the details of it is really good. Um, there's even a thing with Two-Face in it, though, too. And Joker actually calls up Harvey. He goes, Harvey, Harvey, Harvey. Which one am I talking to today? Which face am I talking to? <laughs> and That's all so I can picture is Heat Ledger voice in that sequence. It's like, red voice. And Johnny Frost is also introduced into this world, though, too, which just happens to be the Joker's uh, bodyguard who winds up picking him up from Arkham and everything because he gets released from Arkham and he goes around killing everybody that took stuff away from him, too. And, matter of fact, the, his bar, I think, is actually owned by Penguin and stuff like that, too. You actually have Harley in there. It's been a while since I've read it. I actually own it. But it's one of my favorite graphic novels. Yeah, I was with you. It up. Okay. okay. But yeah, that's the one I read. And, matter of fact, the one that he leisure read for the role for this mm -hmm. was The Killing Joke. Oh, I didn't know that. I was wondering yeah, where one he of my had friends inspiration had told me. from. 
So that's where we got the inspiration from was from the killing joke aspect, mm-hmm. which you can tell by the whole entire deal of not knowing the origin that he comes from. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah, he could be a comedian, but who says that that's actually where he comes from? It could be a bald faced mm-hmm. lie. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. I just want Charlie to watch the Joker. No, the he, the Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. yeah, I'm telling you, it's fantastic. I, I saw to, it I need twice. You to go full circle, Charlie. I just need you to go full circle. It's on my. It might be on my list. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a big Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix. Fan. I know you're not, but just just go full circle. I know what happens in it. I read the plot. No, too. no, no, no. Yeah. Just just watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to watch it really. Just, it's just no, watch no it. I don't I just care. Want to talk about it. I just want. Well, to talk about it does it. have his father in it. It does have a young Bruce in it. Yeah, I know about but that part. Like it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's not what I. You know what I was getting at, John? It's no Batman. Like right. it's Bruce, it's because it's Bruce Wayne. And it's like okay, Bruce Wayne is a kid, and then he kills the dad. I'm like yeah, no. I understand, but when we can just talk about it, and watch it. <laughs> I be. I think it'll be an interesting take. You know, yeah. I I did a spoiler, just, non-spoiler review with. Can we just with talk someone. about it? Can we just talk about it together? Like, yeah, you remind me of that Family Guy, like the Family Guy scene from <laughs> you know, Peter Star. He's like, Dad, what are you doing? I just want to talk to him. I just want to shoot him. I just want to shoot him. Like It's like he's like, the guy's from. I was like, yeah, that's the Family Guy. <laughs> Yeah, I know because I so much family guy is oozes from my pores. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. I mean, I, I'll let you guys review it. I'll, 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 I'll let you guys have a good time. No, 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 no. We just, I just want to talk about. We're it. in a I circle. Want, I just want your, I just want your <laughs> view on it compared to Ledger. That's what I want. I've already, I've seen enough of the trailer. Yeah, but I just, now. I, just me, want, like, I just want to talk about it. I've seen enough from the trailer now. Heath Ledger wins for me. Uh, okay, Charlie. Maybe one day. But that's my show. That's my show request for you. I just want to do the Joker with you. And just want to Joker. Just want a Joker with you. That should be the new title. I just want a Joker with you. A Joker review. I just want to do a Joker, the Joker review with you and Charlie. And that's my request. We'll see what we can do. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways. (laughs) Which I think is just the version of the happening, to be honest. It's just his take on the happening. Uh, Anyway, that's my request. That's my (laughs) request. I'll think about it. Okay, thank you. All right, with that being said, Tamika, (laughs) uh, we just want to talk to you and find out where everybody can follow you. Just talk to you. Just want to talk to me. Just want to talk to me. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, it's two blurred girls. Uh, this Friday, we're going to do a continuation or maybe just in um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Because, um, like I said, 64 episodes and we don't have time for that. But um, yeah, we're going to just end Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood this Friday, 9.15 on our YouTube channel, Two Blurred Girls. Don't forget to subscribe. We're also on Facebook under the same name. We are on uh, Twitter at Blurred Two Girls. We're also on Instagram, Two Blurred Girls underscore podcast. We are... Also on Twitch, the same name. We have an audio podcast, so subscribe there too. 
are on good pods, which John to dive deeper into. We're also <clears throat> we're also on Apple, we're on Google, we're on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, I love these guys. They like to me. Let me help you out. Spotify, Amazon, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Anchor, uh, everywhere podcasts are streaming. So you don't have to write anymore because it's going to take half the whole show. Yes, all major podcast platforms. Thank you, John. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> this is why we're friends. Yes, uh, yes. yes talk about it. <laughs> just talk about it. So, guys, you guys go on ahead. Follow me at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Tonight on Facebook, of course, on Instagram and on Pinterest as well. Then, of course, if you guys want to get an audio-only podcast of our episodes, many episodes that we do here at Movie Lovers Tonight, you guys can get that where you guys get your major podcast from. Of course, you know, go over to Good Pods, like Tamika said. Her and I are both on there. You guys can rate individual episodes. It's like social media for podcasters. You can rate individual episodes. You can also comment and we'll reply back to you and rate individual ones. And, of course, you guys can also uh, go over to Apple Podcasts as well. Rate us over there. Comment. That actually helps people to let let other people know where to find us at, though, too. And then also on Spotify as well. And then, of course, you guys can go on ahead. And tomorrow night, I want to mention this. I'm actually going to be, uh, we're going to be doing our Dark Night Arises with Charlie and Alex. That's going to be at 9 o'clock Central Time instead of at 8 o'clock Central Time. Just letting everybody know about that. And it's going to be 10 Eastern Time and 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific Time. So just going to throw that out there. And then Thursday night, I'm going to be doing my Sydney, um, going to be doing Guess Who's Coming to Dinner mm-hmm. uh, review with Rossi McCree. And then if you guys want to, go ahead and follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter, Movie Lovers Unit on TikTok, Movie Lovers Unit Zero at, on TikTok. Then, if, of course, if you guys want to, go ahead and reach out to me on MovieLoversUnite at gmail.com if you're a sponsor would like to be on the show. Or if you just want to go ahead and do like a mailbag segment or anything like that, just send in some questions or whatever, go ahead and shoot some questions our way. And we might actually talk about it on our next episode if we see it, see it redeemable. But that's where you guys can go ahead and follow me on all those places. Of course, go ahead. Uh, we're actually teamed up with Two Blur Girls Podcast for Children's St. Jude's Hospital. So go ahead, drop 5 to $10 for Cincy. All proceeds go over the Children of St. Jude's Hospital. And, of course, you guys can also go on ahead and donate to us at Movie Lovers, at, at Movie Lovers Night by going to GoFundMe.com forward slash Movie Lovers Podcast. All that is in the descriptions below so that way you guys don't have to memorize all the stuff that I'm telling you. So that's always good right there. I just want to thank you and Charlie for joining me as always. Tomorrow night, don't forget, 9 o'clock Central Time, 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific Time. Alex will be joining us, uh, Charlie and I for our Dark Knight Rises uh, review. And this is going to be wrapping up all the Batman rewatch stuff. And then all next week, I'm not going to be on the show, but I think maybe uh, Charlie and Alex might have something going on. Maybe you just guys just going to have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. But anyways, Friday night, eight o'clock, nine o'clock central time, 10 o'clock Eastern, seven o'clock Pacific time. We're going to be interviewing Dean from game day. And you can actually catch that review that Alex and I did on our channel as well. And then, of course, go into the description and rent game day. It doesn't cost maybe about three bucks to rent. And you guys can go in here and watch that and then go in and uh, watch the interview that we're going to do. And that's everywhere that you guys can actually uh, talk to us at and everything. I hope that everybody enjoyed this episode. Can't wait to do this again tomorrow night. Thanks again. Always until next time. Keep safe and 